Bless up for tuning in to Project Cheney. Magic happens when you question everything. Conspirituality becomes reality, weirdness is welcomed, and it's okay to change your mind. Big up yourself. Welcome back to another episode of Project Cheney. As always, I'm Cheney, and it is a very chill Sunday in Florida. The weather is windy and warm and quite ideal. A little paradise seeming. And uh, yeah, how is it out there? Are you guys finding the warmer weather and the sunshine is uh, good for your spirit? Are you in a spot of the country or a spot of the world that it's still snowing? I can't imagine (laughs) that life. I don't like being cold. I don't want to be cold to the bone. My father is uh, from Illinois originally. My father was from Illinois. And um, I remember one of the reasons he moved to Florida when he was probably in his 20s was he was never going to be chilled to the bone again. And uh, I didn't believe him. (laughs) I have been in cold climates and my body don't like ye. I am a Floridian. I uh, need tropical fruit and freckled shoulders and, you know... I don't believe the sun's as poisonous as they say. It's probably all the other chemicals they're putting in us, on us, injecting us with. Anyways, I am just going to kind of free flow. Um, Sometimes I listen to music. I'm sure all of you do when you're creating. And uh, one of the cool stories I found um, in life is, I don't know if you guys have ever listened to Lauryn Hill's Unplugged. And there's a lot of stuff that it's gone around about Lauren Hill in general. And, uh, you know, one, she's a Disney kid. A lot of people don't know that about Lauren Hill. Um, She is a sister act two girl. She is a sister act two alum. So she hung out with Whoopi Goldberg, who is, you know, probably pretty high up in whatever the Church of Hollywood is, in my opinion. And, uh... Lauren Hill also um, came through the Fugees. Um, it's interesting at their whole, what they represented um, of refugees and uh, even Haiti and um, not necessarily Lauren, but other members and what the Clinton Foundation was doing in Haiti, the parallels at the same years and same times are uh, definitely curious Um, I think somewhere she must have bucked the system. You know, you question if there's such a thing as in the world that we live in and people can get as hermetic as they want or everybody's a reflection of you or this, that, and the other thing. But, and then some people live in the world of conspiracy, um, where if there's quote unquote white hats, and black hats and people that are would be undercover like a spy movie because I believe the reptilians aren't that 
creative. Um, Bob Marley probably was a white hat. There was an energy that he spread around the planet and his fame permeates in a way that's different than the Beatles and different than Elvis, different than Madonna or even Michael Jackson. Bob Marley is uh, kind of closer to maybe a John Lennon figure, but I, John Lennon fame with the Beatles, yes, but Bob Marley's got to be kind of one of the underrated energies on the planet when you really stop and think about it. Like, whoa, yeah. Everybody probably knows who Bob Marley is on every continent. And everybody's probably had this piece of getting to know Bob Marley somewhere or um, listening to his music and a way it makes you feel and a vibe. Um, And so the Marley family, maybe there's an energy that's there. And Lauren Hill, somewhere along the line, she gets married to um, Rowan Marley, maybe. Maybe I'm saying his name wrong, but somewhere she gets married to a Marley and they're a huge family. And one of the ways they create, I promise this is a long story I'm bringing back around. (laughs) One of the stories that they create or one of the ways they create is they all sit in and sometimes artists do this a lot of the times. And, uh, you know, a lot of other, uh, crafts and trades do this as well and a lot of teachers and schoolings but they would sit around together like a family and they would pick a subject and then they would all kind of write a song and mold their own version of the subject and so uh the subject they picked this one time was uh like boxes and getting out of your box and whatever that meant to you energetically, spiritually, physically, with um, family, with relationships, with ideas, with religions, with uh, your own ideas of who you are. It's just like such a big idea, whatever that means to you. So we all sit and we have this idea. And Lauren, if you listen to the whole entire Unplugged, if you can find it somewhere, I kind of think the little gems and things she lays in between when she's talking between her songs are almost as great as, they're almost as good as some of the songs. But the lyrics are so intentional. And I think she even has a song called Mr. Intentional. And it's, it's just such a good album in general. But one of the songs is I Get Out. And so... Um, the lyrics of the song are kind of inspiring to me. And it was always has been since I first heard the album. It's like somewhere it just struck me. And I kind of talked last week about how um, don't bring an acoustic guitar around my campfire. (laughs) But sometimes if I go and I watch and I want to, and it doesn't matter um, a level of fame or talent or anything. I just like experience people expressing their authentic um, vibe. And there's something about this album that she just sat and expressed her authentic vibe. And it wasn't because it was pretty and it wasn't because it was perfect and it wasn't because there wasn't mistakes. Um, But she just did it. And it's kind of amazing. And if you guys are into that sort of thing, um, 
maybe you should check it out. So uh, I figured I'd get out of my box today. It's not my normal routine to record at this time, but I don't really have a normal routine anymore. <laughs> Since I've been like on the up and up and healing and I've never sat this long and um, just allowed myself to uh, remain this still. Um, yeah. Why not? Why not break my routine? So I'm here with you guys and um, listening to music and writing and going over the things of rabbit holes and maybe what I wanted to talk to you guys about today. And I didn't want to, uh, I'm sure it will get into some very recent and uh, whatever topics, but some of the topics just need to be looked up. If you don't know about them, you should know about them. And they're all part of kind of the history of the world. And it's not that it hasn't been done time and time again. It's not that it's the first time. It's not that it's the only time, but it's time. It's a time that you might be able to find pieces and fragments and books and things and interviews still on our very censored internet that you can look into and show people um some of the shit going on and some of the stuff is just my crazy <laughs> fucking <laughs> boob stoner thoughts and you guys tell me what you think so I'm maybe I'm just gonna go in order today maybe I'm gonna bounce around but I definitely have my notes open in front of me and we'll see what happens um the first thing on the Project Cheney agenda today. <laughs> you guys, trash is, uh, you know, my show is called Trash Tuesday <laughs> um, last time. And it just, I, my head overthinks everything, every word, everything. So trash in general, if we ran a super secret spy agency, like a super secret spy alphabet agency, um, CIA, FBI, one of these things, the way we would learn about somebody we were trying to um, watch or stalk or uh, get info on Intel is we would take their trash and go through it. And in cities, trash used to be like a whole mob run thing and trash probably like getting some of the bacteria and things pulled away from our house. I don't know. Bacteria. I hate these words now. Like, I don't even, um, I hate every word. I'm like, I don't even know if I believe in that anymore, but bacteria is real. So it like pulls germs. Let's say, can we all agree on some cartoon word? It pulls like the shit away from our house, which is really good for our cleanliness. So it doesn't bring rats which they say brought the plague, but now I'm like, who knows? Do monkeys cause pox? Do rats cause plagues? What the fuck is happening? Um, but I was just thinking of this whole mafia idea of trash and how we pay them to take our trash from our house. And it goes into these landfills that the landfills have to have like one of my good friends pointed this out to me that I didn't know until I was way old. So if you're driving by a dump ever and you'll see these like stacks that come out of it, those stacks are to release a whole bunch of like pressure and buildup and like, I don't even want to say the wrong 
compound or chemical, but it all builds up with all the trash. And because the dumps explode, you guys, like all of the trash heaps explode. And so I think WM is an interesting company. Um, They're a huge conglomerate. It's like, while we're all busy fighting Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk, WM is in all of our neighborhoods with tanks and they've been collecting all of our trash. (laughs) So the WM conspiracy. (laughs) But when I look at the, um, because everything's also symbols to me. So when I look at their logo, I just see the 33. Um, Maybe I'm cray cray. Maybe I'm cray cray. But you know, I'm kind of crazy, you guys. I'm leaning into my weird and I'm definitely, um, (laughs) I'm getting out of my box by telling you about my WM conspiracy. When they come for my trash, I like am an old cartoon where I have the window uh, shade kind of split a little bit and I'm staring through like, I see you, boo-boo. I see you. (laughs) So um, I'm sure I've talked about it here, but if you're kind of newer listener to the show, I'm going to have no segues this episode. I'm just going to slide in (laughs) as it goes. Uh, One of the things uh, I sometimes talk about is that I believe certain religions make rules because the concept of the real idea that the rule is there was too big for serfs and slaves and uneducated and... uh, but it, it would be like your mom telling you, like, don't touch the burner. It's hot. And, you know, you just don't get an explanation of what hot means. And so I think there's certain rules in religions. And one of them I uh, bring up frequently is um, somewhere. It's not like a Ten Commandment, like thou shall not wear mixed fabrics. But in certain religions, it is like like sinful to wear a mixed fabric. And I believe your body is like this perfect little organic computer and um, the demon wants in there so bad. And alchemy is real and mixed fabrics, your body can't read it. So when you were wearing, you know, wool and cotton and hemp, that might have been one thing. Those are all organic fabrics. And maybe each one had a specific spot and or a specific chakra to cover. That it was okay to cover your body at sometimes from the sun with a certain kind of plant uh, fabric that was made in the area right by where you were kind of made. And uh, maybe there were certain principles to these things that were um, divine and beautiful in ways they worked, um, you know, in uh simple form of saying it like God gave us all this really perfect stuff made for us but now we're all walking around with plastic on our skin every single thing we wear is plastic and you know certain countries um, in the world bought up all our alchemaic properties around America from our wood to our stones to our metals and they've stored them all in their country because everything has um, an energetic principle. And so even things like cotton, like there was a time that certain countries were buying like American denim for, you know, an absurd amount of money. And you could get that in America, like a pair of Levi's for like next to nothing. 
And there's a reason for these kind of things. And now you look and you can't find a real pair of denim jeans. Everything's like stretchy fabric, like you're wearing leggings. But a religion, if I tried to explain all that to people that wouldn't even understand the concept of like the divinity of their body, it would be too much. And sometimes it's just easier to say, don't touch that, it's hot. And another one of these rules that I think is um, birth control. And if big pharma and pharmacia and the bad magic, the black magic of it has been around for, you know, longer than we can even conceptualize the knowledge of these things if there is this hierarchy or evil or Satan or um, low dimensional, low vibe, something trying to pull us down on the planet, then um, they've known that certain things like putting certain birth controls in a birth control in a woman's body is bad in so many other ways for the woman, for the divinity, maybe the as much as all of pharmacia. But a thing people don't like to think of is like a condom is, and they even call it sheepskin, and is such a ritual that you're taking place in. It's such a weird bestiality. And if you look into Pan, the god Pan, um, and look up statues of Pan, you can find very interesting symbolism on what Pan would be doing with the sheepskin. And uh, even the symbology of like Baphomet and these kind of weird deities that we hear about, um, Moloch, uh, in the conspiracy realm, I think without knowing it, paying homage to a false idol is bigger than you just bringing a baby to a fire and bowing like an Indiana Jones movie. Like it's bigger than just ripping a heart out of somebody. You're doing these rituals all the time without knowing it. And sex is such high magic. And even if you're just a Christian who listens to this show, you know the divinity of Two people coming together and creating life. A lot of you fight for it out there. Like it's a, you know, it's a huge battle in America, right? To choose, you know, woman's, my body, my choice, pro-life, pro-choice, all this thing. When does the heartbeat stop? When's the soul put in? When's all the thing? Because it's high magic. It's a huge thing to bring energy into flesh of a new being that never existed before. And there might be ways that aren't in love. One night stands and rapes and um, just bad decisions from trauma. There could be ways that, you know, dicks enter vaginas and babies are made that don't seem like miracles. But if that miracle is nurtured, like any miracle is nurtured, any gift is nurtured, that thing becomes a thing that can change the world for the good or bad. And so I think the ritual that you're taking place in with birth control is um, bigger than you think. So I would just say, don't touch the oven, it's hot. Because me trying to explain that to you 
in a congregation where you don't even write or read, this all seems like woo-woo. So maybe uh, it's just easier to make a rule sometimes from somebody that's just, you know, parental, trying to give you uh, good advice because they don't want you to have blisters across your hands. And maybe sometimes that's what religious rules are. Like if all the religions in the world have a peace and something special and we're really all one and projections of each other, then maybe sometimes the rules are in place and we think the rules are so silly, but maybe somewhere they make sense if we think about them in other forms of other things we know from around the world or in other schools of thought. So that is that discussion. Now I'm going to jump into, (laughs) it's going to go everywhere today. I don't even care. I don't care if you don't care. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about adrenochrome in Haiti and something that I've, other friends of mine have told me about melanin. But I do think if you had, like adrenochrome seems like such a crazy idea, even though you can look it up in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, you can watch Everybody's Hero right now, the Elon Musk, the Johnny Depp, everybody loves Johnny and hates Amber. Here's the trial, you guys. Let's all pay attention, not pay attention, pretend we're not paying attention, but all happen to know about it because <laughs> it's cool, not cool. Never mind. Let's talk about it. Never mind. I know everything. <laughs> so uh, Johnny Depp, I swear I heard in the trial something about adrenochrome being mentioned, but also fear and loathing in Las Vegas, which then you can look up Hunter S. Thompson. Then you can look up Hell's Angels with Hunter S. Thompson. You can make all these leaps and connections with him, with the people who hung out with him. And kind of he feels like CIA to me. And in a weird way, uh, like a freeway Ricky Ross, like a Gary Webb, um, these people without knowing it sometimes people like uh sometimes an unknown person you know like freeway ricky ross knew he was bringing crack into his community but he was set up by the cia to do that to like have the black panther party split into bloods and crips and start selling drugs and then the CIA likes to rewrite history like they do. So they make a new Rick Ross and they make him a rapper. So that's most of the stuff you find. But if you look into the real CIA drug trade and Arkansas and the Clintons and um, there's tons of movies. Um, maybe I'll try to post some of this stuff in Project Cheney Telegram channel. Uh, that you can find on this real life stuff, documented stuff about drug and weapon trafficking. And um, back to the Hells Angels, back to the uh, gonzo journalism of it all, the Hunter S. Thompson of it all, the adrenochrome of it all. So if you could believe, like people, sometimes that's a hard thing to c- conceptualize. Oh, even though, um, by the way, your EpiPen, when it goes bad, that turns into synthetic uh, adrenochrome, by the way. So if you ever want to wonder why that's so expensive, yeah, that's why it's so expensive. 
because people are addicted to that shit and your brain can't even conceptualize it. And I could go into Wayfair trafficking and I could go into um, Alibaba and how you used to be able to buy adrenochrome on their site. And there was a time you could find it before the internet was censored. Um, This is the world we're living in. But you can believe adrenochrome is not real. In your brain, take a walk with me. If you, like in a Lance Armstrong way, and had all the money in the world, could get all your blood pumped out of you occasionally, not all of it, obviously, but a couple quarts here and there, whatever was healthy, and you could store it in some kind of refrigerated freezer, whatever it was allowed for storing for 30 years, 50 years, 100 years. If you could take your own young blood out of you, and then when you're Queen Elizabeth, get your blood pumped into you, you would feel like a million bucks. Stem cells are real. These are all things I'm trying to talk about with your logic so that I can go back to the Haiti and the Clinton of it all and to say, if you think that you would get from young blood, maybe some kind of like high from that, some kind of spike in your whole being from the way your skin laid on your flesh to the way your blood flowed through your veins, like some kind of rejuvenation from that. You have to believe that melanin in skin feels also like some kind of sunshine. Especially like you hear things like reptilian, vampiric, those kind of words. But melanin's probably an extra high. To them, it's probably like, I'm walking on sunshine. Whoa. So especially a vampire, you're not just having young blood. You're having this kind of... um, blood that's not even it's almost juicier for you it's more powerful I don't know maybe I'm just um it's like intuitive like there's more to it and enough people have told me about it and I think it all connects somewhere and somewhere I think uh these trafficking things even with drugs and guns and it sounds so crazy humans are the most expensive and even shows like Dexter where they get us to kind of ritualistically partake in somebody who was human trafficked and now murders people and even though he's quote-unquote murdering the bad guys it's just a very curious um, thing for us to recognize that this whole scenario is probably kind of real And if you would think about, they're showing us this, like, here's a quote, good guy cop. And he took this human trafficked boy under his wing and realized he was a little broken somewhere. And so he helped him commit serial crimes. Um, Why wouldn't in CIA and FBI and alphabet organizations, Mossad, um, MI6, like these kind of things, it seems so ludicrous, but I think dark ops bigger than that. Things that I wouldn't even know the name of. Why wouldn't they like Black Sparrow or Red Sparrow or um, there was a Bridget Fonda movie, Point of No Return. Why wouldn't they take these surviving youths into these dark op organizations and train them kind of just so? It's like, oh, a good guy trained him and he's killing the bad guys. 
What about if a bad guy trained him and he's killing the good guys? What if a bad guy trained him and also the bad guys are running your media so he can become the most famous thing in the whole world? What if they also not only control your media, they control your internet so they can create whatever history they want to for said celebrity they decide to pull out of their ass and make famous overnight? Anyways, <sighs> what else do I want to go over with you guys today? I'm going to throw it out there. I think it's weird that they tell us uh, werewolves, uh, you kill them with a silver bullet. They tell us vampires, you kill them with a stake to the heart. Or how garlic, you can't use garlic. Um, a cross. Like, oh, a cross, they can't have that shape by them. I just... um thought these kind of ideas for monsters. Like, it isn't just monsters, but every single hero, Superman has kryptonite. You know, like, don't let Batman see pearls fall in slow motion in an alleyway. <laughs> That'll just bring him back. Like, everybody kind of has their Achilles heel. Spider-Man falls in love. Like, you know, I can't fall in love with you. It, you know, like this kind of uh, even the new Matrix when uh, Trinity says to the Matrix, you were cruel to give me children this time. It's like the Achilles heel to the hero. And I just thought, so the monsters and the heroes and the villains and the things all seem to have this one thing that can take them right out. No matter how powerful, no matter how looming, no matter how ever-present. So I was just thinking energetic things that hold us back. Energetic ideas, um, things we're guilty of or shameful for things we haven't apologized for or things that um, maybe we apologize for and shouldn't have. What is the monster that's holding you back that might just have a silver bullet or, uh, you know, like the Wicked Witch of the West, um, but don't get that bitch wet. <laughs> you know, like no matter what the uh thing is it just has a thing so i was thinking does the thing that's holding you back have a thing that could end it just like that is it your decision to hold on to the thing that's making you not end it just like that are you addicted to the way the thing makes you feel even if it's not a good thing? Even if it makes you feel gross. So whatever it is, I think that is the thing um, like our monsters. Like maybe they can be slayed. And in the same way, uh, maybe our egos in that hero way, in that hero's journey way, in the world centering around you kind of way. Maybe 
that shell has a a kryptonite because it's like kind of weird that sometimes we can have physical scars on our body like maybe you rode a motorcycle and burnt your calf when you were younger or maybe you have a hematoma on the front of your shin um, because you played soccer in your youth or maybe under um, your chin you have a scar because uh, you fell from somewhere and your chin split open like a firework or maybe you um, broke a limb at some point and they had to put pins in your arms and so now you have uh, some kind of weird scarring on some bone that had to be reset. Anyways, you guys, guys kind of get what I'm saying and I don't know how much of that made sense, that ramble, but it's, you know, sometimes with those scars, you know, we can see them. Sometimes we have bad scars on ourselves and if uh, something touches that scar weird, it hurts and we're like, oh, and someone would understand if they like uh, accidentally poked it or you poked it or hit it on something, you know the tender spots on yourself because of where you sustained an injury before. And I was thinking our emotional scars, we don't seem to be as ginger with. And sometimes there is these really big life lessons that I feel like we almost put ourselves on these cycles of things until we break the cycle for ourselves. And for some reason, we kind of know where our emotional scar is, but we allow something to keep pressing it and invading it and not setting the boundary up against it like we would if it was a physical scar that we could see. And I just feel like people somewhere need to release themselves of um, that kind of, they need to allow themselves more grace with the safety and sanctuary type space they need around their energy with their emotional scars and why they're healing from energetic scars just the same as the ones we can see with our eyeballs. Just the same as uh, the breaks we knew people had cast for. Anyways, just something I was thinking about. Um, that is something I have to look up that I'm sure I heard somebody on the spiders say, hemisync brain, um, but maybe not if you're the one who told me about it. Um, shout out and I'll give you cred somewhere, which by the way, um, you guys are so sweet. Uh, I want to shout out to everyone out there who has ever given me a five-star review anywhere. And I want to give a shout out to all the people that write me such amazing emails and correspond with me on Instagram at Cheney and Wonderland and Project Cheney. And uh, follow me on Twitter at Project Cheney and Cheney Project and follow me on True Social at Cheney or are in Project Cheney chat. And I'm sorry, I'm not as, um, I try to get to all these things. And I energetically 
it's like I feel them. I take the time to read it. I don't open things unless I have the space to read it. And I don't always respond and I'm not always great about communicating that. Uh, And I want you to know like this show and showing up, it's almost like that's my currency for showing up and doing this. And that's my own little, uh, you know, like I'm a little smith, a little worker, a little iron worker, banging out shields or something. And uh, that's what I get paid in. And I try to communicate back and I want you guys to know I am really grateful if I don't or if it takes too long or um, I think sometimes like do I want a segment on the show where I read emails or just have an episode of the show uh, where I just go through and do that kind of stuff and I really might or um, a crazy advice segment or uh, uh, I don't know something you want me to rant on. I might do something like that soon. And I am going to be doing season two of Project Cheney, which I want to bring video. And I probably still won't be doing it live. But there will be uh, different things I am going to try out and start getting out of my own box. (laughs) So anyways, uh, I do love all of that. And if I don't say it enough, I want you to know I appreciate it. I appreciate the listens. I appreciate you guys telling people about it. Uh, I love that you guys follow me in other places and watch me on other shows. And um, yeah, it's pretty cool. And um, I hope you feel it too. So rad. So if you're taking a walk with me or working with me or um, about to fall asleep listening to me or staring at your kid do something stupid, <laughs> I'm here for it. And uh, I really do enjoy showing up here when I do show up here. So anyhow, uh, um, what do I have written down here? Uh, love language. I talked about love language on a show and some people didn't know what it was and some people do know what it is and blah, blah, blah. So I just thought it was an interesting thing to talk about is, um, there's this idea that humans all have their different love languages. And for some it's words of affirmation. For some it's acts of service. For some it's gift giving For some, it's like spending their time with you. And for others, it's physical touch. And most people like a combination of these things. And some people like one thing a ton, ton. And some people hate some of these things. And it's one of these really interesting ideas because I was talking about being sick and I'm not a person that really lets somebody else take care of me. But I allowed my wife to take care of me a little bit and um, I was so grateful for it and she probably needed it because one of her love languages is uh, kind of this acts of service. And sometimes the way people express their love language to you is not the way they want to be loved back. Like my wife doesn't really love, she loves it, um, but it's not her favorite where I was thinking, oh, what thing does she like? And she likes, I think, words of affirmation. 
And I think she probably likes physical touch where a love language I like to express is gift giving. Like I am thinking about you. I'm doing this thing. And so because I have um, this relationship in the closest quarters of my life, and if we are reflections of everybody else out there, um, I was thinking of how even when you care about somebody, your love languages need to be copacetic. You might as well be speaking literally two different languages if you're not aware of how the other person is trying to show you that they care. So, I, you know, that's just in my house. So I was thinking about like for my mother or for my siblings or for my friends or for my coworkers or for um, different people that you're seeking accolades from like bosses or, uh, you know, whatever. You might not be aware that somebody is trying to show you love because the only love language you understand is the one that is most comfortable to you or the one that you like to give. So if you're not a person, I mean, granted, take away the whole me too thing and actual groping and raping and stuff. But if you're not a, you know, the obs, if you're not a touchy feely person, and somebody's love language is to actually like just put their hand on your back or give you a hug or um, like that's their love language to reach out. When you make them laugh, they touch your knee. If that's their love language is physical touch, but that's the thing you hate the most, you might be like, oh, I hate that person because their love language is off to you. So I was thinking, you know, that whole saying, there's probably like some movie where it's like, well, sometimes love ain't enough. And maybe sometimes love isn't enough. You might be speaking two totally different languages and you might need to talk it out with each other and you might need to come to terms with some kind of Spanglish, some kind of, you know, system that you agree upon, some kind of sign language. (laughs) Uh, That was just a philosophy of something I was thinking about. And then I wanted to explain love languages more because somebody asked me about it. Um... I'm going to talk UFC for one second and I'm not going to go in too deep, but I am going to tell you guys there used to be, or there still is, there's like, um, UFC tough house and it's the ultimate fighter house. And if you've ever watched a show like the real world or survivor or these kind of ideas of reality television, the tough house is a season of the ultimate fighter where they pick fighters to live in a house, they have to get on a certain weight and then have essentially um, two rounds of a UFC fight. And then if judges want to see more, they make them take a third. I think that's right. Take a third round. Um, So they're, and they're fighting sometimes like three times in a week or three times in two weeks. It's kind of crazy how brutal the filming schedule is and they're all living in the house and weird shit goes down. And so if you're a UFC fan, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And, you know, I have friends that are way older UFC fans than me and I could have them on just to geek out about this show for like a thousand episodes. But they're about they're t- they're in talks and i just want to use my little magic to put it in the universe that it's murmurings going around that tony ferguson el kakui and habib nurmagomedov um nurmagomedov uh, <laughs> he uh that they might be the coaches for a tough season you guys This geeks me out so much on my MMA UFC. Like this would literally be my two favorite coaches 
followed my number two, I think I would like Shevchenko with, with Amanda Nunes to be coaches of the Tough House. I think that would be cool to also bring new women to the 125 and 135 pound divisions. Um, but back to Tony Ferguson, Amanda Nunes, uh, or <laughs> Tony Ferguson, um, Habib. I think if they were coaches of the Tough House, uh, this would be really fantastic. And if you're into this sort of thing, um, or if you know who these people are and you want to talk about it sometime, um, hit me up because, uh, yeah, I would like this reality show and I would watch it and I would love it. Anywho, Khabib, Tony, um, it's one of my still favorite storylines all the way through of UFC drama and I love, love, love it. Oh, do I need a monkey pox? Do I need a monkey pox? I do want to say I think it's always interesting, whether it's the common COVID or the monkey pox, when you look up all the symptoms of these things, they're just so big. <laughs> they're like, your muscles hurt and uh, you have a headache. Um, is that monkey pox or have I been staring at Instagram for too many hours today, hunched over and tense because I'm watching the world in Ukraine, World War Three? Seriously? Um, I just feel like sometimes the ailments are representative of us being hunched over monkeys reading our black mirrors all day every day because I am saying this to myself when I'm saying it to you. We could all afford to take an extra half hour off our phones every day. Like put a 30 minute lock on our phone, uh, just some extra half hour in the day when we're not doing anything else, when we're about to sit on our couch. What about if you just put your phone down for a half hour? We're all doing so many things at once. It's breaking our attention span on purpose. Just another thought. And I'm saying that to myself. Oh my gosh. Um, one kind of funny thing uh, I was talking with my Maria 777 about. And um, it's just so peculiar. But you know, follow the white rabbit and Project Cheney is rabbits. And everywhere you look from Roger Rabbit to Bugs Bunny to even when you look at oldest Mickey Mouse used to be a rabbit. The word pussy used to, you know, be talking about rabbits too. Rabbit, rabbit, rabbit. Y'all, <laughs> this brings out the Southern in me. Did you guys, or am I just real country? And even talking to her, she's not country like I am, but she's still like Tennessee. And there's parts of her that I'm like, I don't know, because she says y'all too. <laughs> Is it creep show that we all walked around somewhere in our youth with a rabbit foot on a keychain? And uh, do you have any recollection as a child realizing that it was a real rabbit's foot? Or do you think it was all kind of a psyop that they dyed the rabbit's foot? Do you think there was a different spell dependent on what color the rabbit's foot was? Do you ever remember being like a little creepy kid petting the rabbit's foot? Y'all, <laughs> this is so creeps. This is like a really weird one to me. The lucky rabbit's foot. And is it lucky because you have the rabbit's foot and the rest of the rabbit got away? Or is it lucky to you now because somewhere you like ate the rest of the rabbit and did some weird ritual and now you walk around to show everybody else like, look at I have rabbits. I like I don't I, I'm going to I should look it up. I should have knowledge to drop for you guys. Um, maybe somebody will put it in the Project Janie Telegram channel. Maybe I'll bring it up next time. But we I just think it's weird. And, uh, you know, there's all these like things from our youth 
that are weird and one of them that she always talked about but I just think you know we talk about quicksand how there used to be this like imminent fear of quicksand and it's like where's all the quicksand and people say like oh sinkholes 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 where are the sinkholes going to they never find the people are they going to Agartha are they falling into the Elon Musk boring tunnels what's going on with these sinkholes because I think there's sinkholes in other countries um, that they find like forests underground or these cave systems that attach to everything or the Hopi Indians are going and making big cities or um, I don't know. It just seems like there's a lot of stuff going on underground, uh, like journey to the center of the earth shit. I don't know. Quicksand, sinkholes. Um, but another funny childhood one um, that I don't know if you guys did, but, you know, I'm country. And I actually caught a kitten this way, like a street kitten that I was like, oh my gosh, this cat's going to die if it stays out on this road. Um, did you guys ever make booby traps or were you ever scared like walking through the woods that you were going to like fall in a booby trap? <laughs> the booby trap that I made was the box with the stick and the string where you tilt the box up and the stick's kind of long so it makes the box diagonal and then you have the string tied to the stick and you make the string really long and you hide behind a corner of something with bait under the box and when the thing gets under there that you want to catch, you pull the stick out and it falls and then you catch the thing under the box. This is the booby trap I made. But for some reason, the ones in the ground were always like, maybe sinkholes... And quicksand were kind of real, but maybe quicksand was booby trap. Like maybe you just like made it look like grass or sand or whatever. So people would fall in and they'd be like, be careful of that. You won't be able to get out of there. But maybe somebody or something like maybe some animal or creature or human was smart enough to get you out of there in some other way. Or maybe you fell into something else or drained into something else or who knows. So Childhood fears are kind of interesting. Do you guys remember any other childhood fears? Any weird things that used to plague us or um, that our parents told us uh, to be worried about or some weird uh, folklore of things you shouldn't do? Like, are you not supposed to look at the sun in the eclipse? Is this real or... Um, is this just fake news? <laughs> Donald Trump doesn't seem to care. <laughs> Anyways. All right. Um, am I going to end it here today? I think I'm gonna. So you guys, I'm going to end it with. <sighs> I'm going to end it with a confession. But I feel like you guys need to know. And I'm living in my authentic truth. And um, I get out of all my boxes. I'm Lauren Hill over here. <laughs> uh, hell froze over world tour. I should know this by now. Never say never. I wore a mask. I just wanted you guys to know I did wear a mask. When I was going to my follow-up to make sure everything was goody-good and on the up and up with me and on the healing Mindy side of um, health, I went to the hematologist and I had to wear a mask in the back of the office. Now, 
I want to justify all the ways how when I was a marketer, I would go into this office and I would wear a mask. It's hematology, oncology. So um, the people behind uh, the, uh, I call them the window witches, <laughs> but they're wonderful. You know, I love a good witch over here. Um, but when you go to the doctor's office, sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're bad. Sometimes you get Glinda. Sometimes you get the Wicked Witch of the West, you know, and it's all in between. But uh when I, I knew when you went back because people had low immune systems and this is life way before the vid, I would wear a mask in this office. So I justified to myself that I've worn a mask in here a million times before. You can wear a mask now. But I want you to know that I did. And um, it was only, let's say I was back there for 30 minutes tops and maybe I got my blood drawn to yeah probably 30 40 minutes and of the 30 40 minutes I probably had the mask on for 20 um when I was face to face with the doctor which he even made mention to me like sorry about the mask this is an oncology office and uh we have people with low immune systems and I was like no 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 problem you know we understand but even that he made mention I felt like I don't know if my energy seemed away having the mask um I have a picture with it. And one of my friends said, I look like a muzzled tiger in a mask. <laughs> so maybe he got that energy. Um, it was really peculiar, but I will say at one point, uh, and I don't have any problem with getting my blood drawn, but at one point wearing the mask, breathing it in and out, it made me almost feel queasy, white, weak. And I was like, it gave me the empathetic feeling for all the people that have had to wear masks or been in a place where they didn't have the energy to fight or um, how many kids in schools or people at their eight hour jobs all day. And I just want to say like, I am proud of you out there <laughs> just for having the wherewithal and the steadfastness and the everything to do what you had to do to make it through to here. Whether I agreed with it at the time or not, we're here now. And um, yeah, I put the mask on and it almost took me out and I, I get into my head about things. And so like even talking about it now, I just had to take the deepest breath. <laughs> I uh, also think way back at the beginning of all this, and I probably have posts about it on Cheney underscore in underscore Wonderland on Instagram uh, way back when at the beginning of this whole thing, that prolonged mask wearing will create Legionnaire's disease. And Legionnaire's disease is so similar to monkeypox. And so I think, could the New World Order be covering their tracks? Because people that have been wearing masks for the last few years and all these weird places and all these uh, socialist hellholes that are taking part in Rothschild rituals, um, are they all uh, having symptoms to lungs and mouths and noses not being able to breathe? appropriately anyway anyways so I wanted to confess to you guys because I'm here bringing the real real I did wear a mask and uh, I hated it and um, yeah just to be a little bit of a turd when I walked up to the nurse and I was walking into the back I was like um what side do I put out and what side do I put in what goes up and what goes down? Like she looked at me like I was literally from another planet. Like this bitch don't know how to use this mask. And I was like, no, I don't know how to use the mask. Teach me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. 
Anyways, I love you guys. I am wishing you a fantastic, beautiful, sunny, springtime, summer feel start to your week. I hope the flowers are blooming. I hope people realize how magical and wonderful you are. You are a creature of God. You are a creation a painting. So get out of your own box this week. Create something. Create something for yourself. Self-care. Find the sunshine. We'll be in touch. Okay. Bye-bye. So she has been Chaney, and now she's off to smoke a blunt. See you next Tuesday, you fucking cunts.